are reading from the Old Testament at the very beginning, Genesis 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning on that first day. You know, there's a movie that I am very, very fond of. Um, I watch it a lot because, first of all, it was a book that I read before I watched the movie. It's based on a true story. Um, the McLean brothers out in Montana, their father was a Presbyterian minister. Um, I, I relate to it on so many levels. There's so many great poignant things that are said in that movie. I relate to it on a lot of levels because I spent a lot of time in Montana. My sister uh, had a home there and I could take falls and summers and uh, spend some time out there. I actually um, unsuccessfully fly fished in the Big Blackfoot River where this movie takes place. But at the very end of it, John McClain, Norman McClain says this, eventually all things merge into one and a river runs through it. The river was cut by the world's great flood and runs over the rocks from the basement of time. On some of those rocks are the timeless raindrops. Under the rocks are the words. And some of the words are theirs. I am haunted by waters. Water plays such a large part in our life. And I, I kept thinking that phrase, I am haunted by waters. And so I've, I've been mulling it over and pondering on it and researching it for some time. And I came to discover that the word haunted does not mean what we would assume that it would. It means it lingers with me. It comes back to me. I remember it. And so we are haunted by waters. Water plays such an essential part in our life. For many of you who live out on a farm and do agriculture, you know the part it plays for your cattle, for your fields, for your crops. But we also know the power of water. For us that live through Hurricane Katrina on the water, we know its power. For Pearl River County, we know its power. Just this week, we were under a flood watch. We know the power of water. So we are all haunted by waters. But water is essential to what we teach and believe as Christians, as people of the word. 
We associate God with water in the creation. We heard it in Genesis. That's why I read it. We associate judgment with water. As in the great flood for Noah. The deliverance of Israel from bondage by passing through the Red Sea. The Hebrew people crossing the River Jordan to the promised land. So in today's gospel lesson, we will find our Lord standing in water, standing in the River Jordan, hearing a voice from heaven announce, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. This, along with the visit of the Magi, a miracle that we're going to study in a few weeks, the changing of water into wine at the wedding of Cana, and this baptism are the three miracles found in our season of Epiphany. So are we reminded that baptism is essential to the Christian life. Biblical and theological historians would remind us that the baptism of the Lord was a much more important day in the early church than even Christmas because it marks the very beginning of Jesus's ministry. So it is on this Sunday, the baptism of the Lord, that we remember that Jesus began his ministry by gently joining the line of those who had come to John to be forgiven for their sins. Jesus assumed the identity of one who had fallen into sin and fallen short even though that we know that's not the case he willingly willingly let himself be counted among all of those who were searching to be near to God who wanted a closer connection to the living God you know this baptism has always been a little bit of a problem sometimes for the church. They weren't always comfortable with the baptism of Jesus. It is for Mark how he starts his gospel. It is for Mark a major event. You know, Mark has no Christmas story. He has no shepherds. He has no angels. He has no wise men. He just has John and the Jordan River. Matthew, if you read Matthew, you will read that he has John trying to talk Jesus out of being baptized. The Gospel of Luke never actually says John baptized our Lord. But our 
reading of the Gospel of Mark is perhaps for me the most profound testimony of this significant event. Listen as I read the account in Mark. Beginning, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan River. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be God. You know, one thing is clear. One thing is very clear for Jesus at this moment was the decision. It was the moment he stepped forward to assume that unique responsibility for which he came into this world. Theologian James Howell Lovell wrote, Once to every man and nation comes the moment he willingly braced his father's plan for his life. This is the moment when Jesus publicly identified himself with the people of Israel, assuming that responsibility. Willingly assuming the responsibility and the willingness to be counted as one of them. This is also the moment when Jesus receives very clear affirmation of God and the Holy Spirit when it descends upon him like a dove. This is when we first hear about the triune God without it ever being clearly spelled out to us step by step. But it is the voice from heaven that provided a public announcement. For the first time, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. We know that Jesus' baptism represented 
the official beginning of his ministry. He came into the world to embrace those who were trying to be more God-pleasing in the way they lived their life. He came to be a friend to sinners, although he will be attacked and criticized for the way he identified with them. But that is the very meaning of Jesus' baptism. That is the very meaning of him standing in the River Jordan. He joined himself with all people everywhere, not just the good, not just those who lived proper, ritually pure lives. He joined with everyone. It's very clear as you study Jesus, he did not care about his reputation. He didn't really worry at all what other people thought. He didn't care what he thought about what he was doing, what they thought about what he was doing, or whom he embraced. He came that everyone, everyone might have life and have it abundantly. To that end, Jesus kept enlarging his circle of faith. It just didn't stay with 12 people. It increased. It grew. It embraced everyone, sacred or secular, law-abiding or rebellious, those in the majority, those in the minority. And he has called each one of us to do the same. That is the meaning of our baptismal covenant. In this book, in our hymnal, in the front of it, you find it. That is the meaning of it. In our baptism, each of us has been called to a ministry. A ministry out into this world for the sake of Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. At the very heart of our baptismal covenant, we are called. That's why I think when we baptize children, infants, whoever in this church, it is so important that we pay attention to what we are agreeing to be in covenant with them about. We're not just saying words. We are in covenant with these people to continually pray for them, to help them along on their spiritual journey. It's very important that we remember them. They are wonderful words, but we just can't say them. We have to live them out. We must remember, this is where we sometimes get a little wrong, we must remember that the Christian life is not a private matter between you and God. We are called to follow him out into the community with others. 
often with people that we may not find so charming, often to those we find difficult, often to those that we clash with, those who we don't consider to be constructive members of our society. But we are called to go out to them. Jesus went to the Samaritan by the well. Jesus went to the lepers. We are called to follow in his footsteps. Today we remember our Lord's baptism and our own. Doesn't matter where we were carried by loving parents to the baptismal font or that we showed up on our own guided by the Holy Spirit we were all plunged into the river with Jesus we have all been plunged into the river with Jesus and every one of his shabby brothers and sisters by faith we stand in the water with the Lord and in our own way hopefully we have heard that voice speak to each one of us you too are my beloved I have called you by name you are mine. Let us live as the baptized, redeemed children of God, purchased for a price, called to be a witness into this world. Amen and amen.